Welcome to Smarket Sites, brought to you by Cowley Associates, a marketing and advertising agency in Syracuse, New York, that has been helping clients sell more better since 1975. Good energy. Thank you, Chris. Smarket Sites is a podcast of Black Series discussing the latest industry happenings in marketing, advertising, and sales, and what it means for the 21st century marketer. You can check out the blog at www.cowleyweb.com. So welcome everybody to Smarket Sites. Uh, I'm your host, Zach Clark. And I'm your co-host, Chris, Max Avney. Well, Chris is our web developer here at Cowley Associates, and uh, I am the director of business development. But one of the things that I like to do is kind of spread the wealth of knowledge that I have. Yeah, and I really don't know about this stuff, so I'm interested to learn about it and see what I can add to this. You know, this podcast. Chris might be uh, like many of you who, you know, he's kind of in the know with, with marketing. Obviously, he works here at an agency, but he just doesn't know uh, about some of these latest trends and topics that we're going to talk about. So uh, it'd be very helpful. He's going to ask some questions to me. So it's going to be a great dynamic for you guys to learn from. Yeah, so we're going to try to do this uh, weekly. Um, you know, we're in the business of content. We got to put out some content. We got to market this content. So hopefully, this podcast is something you guys like to listen to. Um, and we look forward to doing this. Yeah, and before we truly start off here, I'd like to just kind of say that my hope is that you guys come away with really a deeper uh, meaning behind some of these headlines that you see and that you know, you're able to apply some of these uh, concepts and some of these topics that we talk about to kind of your own marketing efforts so you can really um, you know, take what you learn here and you know, apply it to the real world. You know, I looked down at your, uh, your notes for this episode, and I... You know, I didn't even really kind of know this stuff to start off with. So this is kind of fun just to, you know, learn what's new and what's happening. So, so Zach, what are we going to talk about today? Well, Chris, on the docket, I want to talk about uh, the app called Periscope. Um, so, some things about Snapchat, I think, that are very interesting going on with them. Cool. And also this new thing that I found called Ubimo. Um, I think that's, yeah, Ubimo, Ubimo, I think it's very cool. And then also uh, the 10 most valuable brands in the world were announced, and uh, I'd love to touch on that. Oh, that'd be fun. Cool. All right, so where do we start, Periscope? Yeah, so why don't we start on Periscope? Uh, Chris, have you ever heard of the app Periscope? I kind of have. I've seen it, like, in tweets and stuff, like, check out Periscope, but I really don't know what it is. Right. So you've probably seen it on Twitter. Uh, uh, just before it debuted in late March, uh, Twitter actually bought Periscope for $100 million. Oh. Uh, but basically the app, it's a live video streaming uh, for your iPhone or your Android, you know, whatever you're carrying around in your pocket there. So, okay, so it's live live video streaming straight from my iPhone. Right. So so basically you pull up pull out your iPhone, you touch the app, and then uh, you you start recording this live feed uh, from your video camera. So kind of like Twitch or like any of these other like streaming services, but yeah, a little you can do bit it from like your. Well, that's cool because I remember um, trying to set it up for a client. They didn't want to do a live stream, and it was pretty complicated. You had to get like a camera. You had to set up all this mad stuff. So this is just is an app. You can click it. It broadcasts to everybody that's following me. Yep, yep. So you just you put it out on your Twitter feed. You know, it says live from Periscope, and uh, basically anybody who has the Periscope app can click on the link, and it uh, your live video feed pops up. Do we have a Periscope? Cowley Associates does not have a Periscope yet, but okay. uh, we probably will Periscope some shenanigans from fun. the office. Oh man! Maybe what if we did like the weekly meeting? We could do that, or we could uh, periscope a few ping pong games. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. 
But, so Twitter bought this, like yeah, so, right off the bat? Yeah, so before it even launched, Twitter bought this. They were kind of monitoring uh, you know, the company who was making it. And there's actually a competitor out there to the app called Meerkat. And uh, there was actually a study done by Lost Remote that uh, said that Periscope actually has 39% more repeat users already. Hmm. And you have you used either of these? I've actually used Periscope a couple times. I've uh, one one of my favorite things is Sports Center. You like and, sports, yeah. You know, and so Sports Center does some periscoping, uh, but you know I've seen brands like, well, like the Huffington background of the Post. games and stuff. Or... Yeah, sometimes uh, like even the Yankees they'll do batting practice on Periscope. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But sometimes Sports Center will do like questions with their anchors. Wow. So it, it's a pretty dynamic app, and actually this has kind of been. Um, an idea that a lot of people want to, you know, probably play around with and utilize. Because uh, you mentioned that one client that we work with that wanted to set up a live stream, um, but really the because people want to, you yeah, know, they, and I mean they did it, but they had to. They, and even though the thing they use like put ads, in, they probably put ads though. Periscope, does Periscope work with ads? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder how people make money if like the people that are broadcasting make money or Periscope make money or if everybody makes money. Yeah, and I'm sure that's probably something that they're going to look into, especially Twitter, since uh, Twitter is going to want to, you know, obviously make some money off a $100 million investment there. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool thing that people should kind of recognize and uh, really look for it out in the marketplace. Uh, but also, you know, it's kind of worth noting that Periscope, it's really geared towards millennials more than anything. Hmm. Because, you know, millennials, they want things like right this second. They want to like right now. Right. And so, you know, this, this is kind of... Well, I mean, Twitter is kind of a right now thing. So that it makes sense that Twitter got Periscope. Because, I mean, I can see... Jeez, I can see this everywhere, really. Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason why it, uh, any kind of brand really can't use it. I mean, a lot of B2B companies might not see a fit um, for, for their time on it uh, mm-hmm. just because some B2B companies are somewhat boring and, you know, people really don't care about what you're doing. Right. Like um, I was talking about our, our meetings, like what would we really, what would really, really do with Periscope? But yeah, I mean, like we'll, you said, sports makes a lot of sense. Let's see. Any consumer facing stuff. I mean, if you're holding like an event or something, just have your iPhone just sitting there. Yeah. And Periscope the event. Why not? And so much marketing is built around, uh, you know, that buzzword content marketing now. And so really people are kind of pointing towards that journalistic style of communicating things. I mean, that's what we're trying to do right now, right? Yeah. This is content. This is content. This is content marketing at its finest. Whatever you think about that, this is content. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so we're kind of trying to be journalists about it. We're kind of reporting on the news and giving our... Um, you know, feedback about it, but really, this is kind of journalist's best friend. So, you know, instead of live tweeting some event, uh, you could Periscope it. Oh, that's true. Hey, well, we could have a Periscope feed, and like, hey, Taste of Syracuse comes out, let's Periscope it. Why not? Right, let's Periscope our way through Taste of Syracuse, mm-hmm. and so. Really, all these kind of different things that you could do with this app. It's really endless. Uh, but the big thing I want to watch for is how brands are going to be able to start running ads on it and kind of being you know monetizing it yeah yeah we should figure out their little, their ad model on that yeah because some of our clients uh, you know i don't know if they'd be certainly interested but you know some of those big brands out there like you know you know the pepsi code and the lays of the world uh they're probably certainly looking at it monitoring it and i'm sure 
uh, some ads are going to pop out. Right, because it's nice you can target it. I mean, it's obvious which what this stream's about, so what kind of people are watching it. So, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And, you know, kind of to move into another kind of millennial uh, type of app that's really geared is uh, Snapchat. I saw some interesting news on that app lately. Hmm. Snapchat, that's the ghost. Right, so it's got that little yellow uh, white ghost symbol. Uh, you might have seen it if you've got someone, you know, 14 to 22 who you hang out with. Uh, but really, it's a disappearing photo and video app sure. that uh, basically you take selfies on it and uh, you send it to your friends, and then your friends can't really save it unless they screenshot it. Uh, but really, it's basically a way to do embarrassing things about yourself without anybody saving it. So it's basically like, you know, you're having a party, you're getting drunk. You don't want to put all this stuff on Facebook. You're going to Snapchat it. Pretty much. Okay, gotcha. But really what was interesting is that uh, their CEO was quoted recently saying, we need to IPO. We have a plan to do that. So an IPO, initial public offering, is where a, pump, a company uh, who's privately held goes public. So now it can get shareholders. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really interesting about this is uh, there's actually, the company's been valued already at $19 billion. What? So $19 billion? Yeah. And, and remember back in 2013, Facebook actually tried to purchase Snapchat for a lowly $3 billion. Hmm. Do you remember what Facebook's IPO was? Uh, Facebook I, Facebook's IPO, I believe, was uh, around 2012, 2013. Um Last time I checked, their shares were actually above you know eighty dollars a share. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, Snapchat—it's—it's it's only four years old, and you know some people actually thought in two thousand thirteen when they declined that offer that you know they were crazy for did, doing that. Did they make money off of Snapchat? Yes, actually, Snapchat started doing some, you know, really developing their advertising model. And what's interesting is, you know, I had, well, I had a chance to speak to uh, a digital marketing manager for an NFL team. Uh -huh. And uh, he told me that the NFL basically told all the teams to get on Snapchat because, you know, although, the, you know, they hadn't quite figured out what was going to go on yet with it, uh, they knew it was going to be huge. But, like, wait, how do you, how do you make money? How does anybody make money through Snapchat? Uh, so a, a brand can advertise on Snapchat. Your company can, you know, do a promoted snap, I think it's called. Oh, okay. uh, and basically you send out a photo oh, or an sense. ad or whatever um, or a video that you want. And you're basically paying for the eyeballs of, gotcha. of the people. I see. So Snapchat's so you kind of have like a feed of all the people that are snapping or whatever they call it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got you've got your friends list there, Thanks. and you know, so they'd stuff ads into the feed, right? So instead of a notification that your friend sent you a Snapchat, it's a notification that uh, Pepsi sent you a Snapchat. Mm -hmm. I see. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Snapchat's going to be. It, it's been blowing up uh, the past couple years. So I mean, really, nothing's revolutionary about. It. It's just that they have so many users, right? Because everybody, like all the kids, use that. Right, yeah, pretty pretty much. If you're a millennial, uh, most of the millennials are on Snapchat. Right. Uh, you know, if you have a and people like me are not on Snapchat, we're still on Facebook, and so that's why the millennials want to be on Snapchat because I'm not on there. Basically, the millennials' grandparents aren't on there commenting on the selfies. Yeah, that more taking. of my mom then. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, but I think an interesting thing to actually look out for with Snapchat is to see how this IPO really affects them. Because uh, do you know the game maker Zynga? Mm-hmm. They make yep. uh, Farmville. Farmville. Right. Uh, they did an IPO back in December 2011. And uh, when they launched it, uh, they it was actually about at $11 a share. And currently their shares are about $3. I don't quite understand what that translates to in the billions like how many because i under I understood the 90 billion dollar mark yeah that, that translates to about i'm not a finance major yeah but you know roughly, maybe that's not what this podcast is about teaching yeah you that. it's really not finance no but you know it's it's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars sure because uh, you got to multiply that eight dollars difference mm-hmm. by thousands of shares right. that are out there um and, you ipos know, always go for the same amount of shares uh, sometimes, but you know, people like Apple will buy back some of their shares, ah, yeah, okay. or they'll uh, sell more of their shares, right? If they're trying to raise capital, I guess the point of this is Zynga was big, now it's going down, right? So, and that's kind of what we got to look for, especially you know, in the tech community, is that you know, some people think the tech bubble is going to burst again. Right, uh, kind of like the dot com bubble did. Sure, uh, but you know, because there's so many venture capitalist firms that are looking to invest in the next greatest startup. Yeah, I mean, like, what's Snapchat that's different from Instagram? Like, really, it oh, the photos go away. I mean, is that right. so revolutionary that it deserves ninety billion dollars? Right, I, I don't know. And that's what that's what companies are trying to decide. Right, it's just how their user base right now i mean if their users go away then the money goes away it's not like they're doing anything revolutionary right and i mean millennials are really uh they're follow the shiny penny type of people so you know if something new new and approved comes along it's going to be that's where they're going to go sure so you know moving away from apps a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh you know this, this podcast is you know, really tech heavy at the moment uh but there's a software that i found it's called ubimo you bemo and i'm sure you've never heard of it because i, I didn't that. hear of it <laughs> nope. uh, just until a couple of days ago uh, but this is how they describe themselves uh, they're an industry-leading mobile advertising technology company what? Where technology <laughs> enables brands to reach their target audience using real-time contextual targeting real-time contextual targeting okay so most people are like well what, what does that even mean so context like what the context is in my real time so my context in this real time is sitting here talking to you on this podcast. Yes. So I would get an advertisement about podcasting. Yeah, you could. Uh, but really what this app, or software I should say, does is it takes into all, account all these data points. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing, sure. what the weather outside is, uh-huh. what your neighborhood demographics is, what surrounding businesses are there, uh, what venues, what events you've gone to. And Jeez. all these different data points that it can pull from all these third-party sources. Okay. And then it spits out dynamic ads. So it's kind of like you. kind of like Facebook targeting on steroids. Basically, and it's a lot smarter too, because uh, you'll see it as um, you know Facebook will just serve you one ad that the company puts on there. What Ubimo does is it changes the ads copy and context based off of what you're doing. Jeez. So. Uh, so different silos and audiences of people could see different ads. Hmm. So it's something that, you know, it's like Facebook took ads on steroids, but it, it's so dynamic and interesting and unique 
that I, I think you know people they don't know much about it now but I think it's something that's going to really kind of blow up in the near future. So this is sort of like software that you can put into billboards or into something that's already a poster or something. I mean, is this an app? I'm not really sure. See, I don't know if it goes into billboards, but I, th- I think that'd be something that would be uh, certainly helpful for the billboard industry, especially as things move more digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's only on mobile phones. Okay. Um, so your cell phone. Right. But, you know, I would love to see, you know, this kind of software on a billboard. Uh, I think companies could really utilize that so much. Um, yeah, umbrella companies if it's raining. Right, umbrella companies if it's raining. An ice cream shop if it's warm out. There we go. You know, a car wash if it's sunny. Sure. You know, because, I mean, if you're a car wash company and you've got a billboard up um, and it's raining the whole time... You don't really want to do that billboard because people aren't thinking about their car wash. Jeez. But if it's you know really sunny, it's eighty degrees out. People might be prone to go get their car washed. Mm-hmm. So this is this is definitely something you should keep an eye on. UBMO. That's U B I M O. If you want to Google it. Mm-hmm. But really, it, it's kind of tying in big data, uh, programmatic media buying, and all those different kind of buzzwords. And you know analytical things that people mm-hmm. have been talking about, and you know packaging it up into something that people can use and you know use effectively. Gotcha. But uh, you know, because there, I've also seen some rumblings out there uh, about people who think that you know marketing is moving away from being creative, and okay. or you know I should say moving to being creative rather than you know so much strategic. Well, I mean. There's there's something to be said about that. I mean, there's so much clutter out there. You have to be creative to you know get the message across. You see ads everywhere, um, but there's also something to be said about you know being able to target the right person at the right time. There's something to be said about that too. I think there's room for stra- strategy and creative. Yeah, I mean, I I think strategy is one of the things that it's still going to kind of dominate. But I I like to think of it as you know. Because yeah, it's hard to get the create. It's hard to it. It's hard to get some like viral stuff. Like it's right, hard to say, right. oh, let's get a viral video going. But it's it's uh, it's tangible to get the right target audience and yeah. get it the right get in front of the right eyes. It, it, it in kind of my eyes, it's like you know how creative can we get with the the data that's available? So not really creative as in the design, which I mean, don't get me wrong, is mm-hmm. you know so important, but. The data that's available, how can we creatively use that to make smarter decisions? Right, because I mean, you know, everybody has a set marketing budget, and why you why would we want to be spending it on you know eyes that would never buy our product? Right, I mean, I, because you know, marketing budgets as a whole have kind of been you know cut across the board. I mean, some people just aren't spending money on getting their name out there, uh, whether that's right or wrong. Uh, so, really, making smarter decisions with the dollars, mm-hmm. making the dollars more efficient, mm-hmm. uh, something that every company could use. Cool, and that's kind of what a UBMO is going for. And that's why they're going to make a ton of money. Yeah, hopefully they just don't get bought. <laughs> no. So kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about today, Chris, was uh, kind of a cool story. Uh, something that comes out pretty much every year is the uh, 10 most valuable brands in the world. 10 most valuable brands. These are the brands that make the most money? Yes. Well, not necessarily. Not, Profit? 
Uh, you know, it, it's a combination of different things. Uh, it, it's run by a company called Brands, B-R-A-N-D-Z. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's got a Z in it. Right. So it's kind of like an equity database. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name has a Z in it as well, so it's I'm kind of cool as well. Right. Uh, but really, It was they, initially S-A-C-K, right? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. But uh, they H- they published yeah. this report, and uh, you know the, they have a hundred brands in there, and you know kind of the ten that were at the top were you know somewhat expected, but there were a few on there that you might not have ever thought of. So wait, make it. once again, is this by sales? You know, it's a combination of profit, profit. Uh, revenue, sales, yes. um, your market share. Okay, um, it's it's like okay. a formula, and gotcha. you know, brands on their website has mm-hmm. kind of their their methodology on it. Okay, if well, you really want to know. That. Okay, so top ten brands. All right, right. hit me with them. Number so, ten. Number ten. Number ten. Marlboro, the cigarette company, tobacco company. Wow. Are these in order from 10 to 1? This is 10 to 1. So number 9, McDonald's. Number 8, Coca-Cola. Number 7, Verizon. Number 6, AT&T. Number 5, Visa. Number 4, IBM. Number 3, Microsoft. Makes sense. Number 2, Google. Mm -hmm. And number 1, Apple. Apple. So uh, I'd like to kind of highlight Marlboro for a second. That was weird. Yeah, their company is actually valued at about eighty billion dollars. Huh. And you know why that? Why I find that so interesting is because smoking has taken such a big hit. Yeah. Uh, around the world, really, uh, but especially here in the, uh, especially here in the U.S. Because uh, I did I did a little research, and mm-hmm. the American Cancer Society. Uh, reported that you know in 1965 there were actually 42 percent of the population uh, here in America sure. that smoked. Mad Men times. Yeah, I mean if you watch Mad Men, you know they light up every time they walk into the room. Right. But you know back in 2012, the last time they ran this study, only 18 percent of the population smoked. Wow, that's so a big decline. It's a huge number of users that you know just don't smoke anymore. Still, 18% of all the people in America, I mean, I guess that's why it's so big. Right. I mean, our population has grown. Um, but, you know, w- what's interesting is actually Marlboro owns almost 44% of the U.S. market. Oh, I didn't know that. And internationally, they own, you know, more market share than the next two largest brands combined. Sure. So they're they're really dominating the market, even though the market has gone, you know, smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. So it also you know the rise of e-cigarettes, right? You know, and you know vape vaping. Uh, <laughs> sure, if, if that's even a term, it is. Uh, but I think it's actually in the Oxford Dictionary now. Vaping. Oh, did they put it in? there? I think they did. But yeah. I mean, th- that has grown in immense popularity, and I I don't believe Marlboro uh, kind of you know offers that kind of product. Right. Well, it directly takes away from their cigarette business, which I'm sure is cheaper for them. Right, so our, our bigger uh, margins. So I'd love to see where they end up next year, but uh, also you know their you know their staff should get a pat on the back for you know making the top ten on you know a product that not that many people use anymore. Right, and is pretty reviled by most of the people in America. Really, yeah, you know people really they don't appreciate 
I mean, a lot of people still smoke, and, you know, that's fine, but, sure. you know, a lot of people have grown to, you know, not like it. Right. I mean, it's, you can't do it in parks, you can't, you know, obviously you can't do it in restaurants, you can't do it really anywhere around people, so it's interesting that they're still there on the top ten. Yeah, and so I, I'd love to see where they, you know, they end up. We should do this next year. Well, hopefully we will be, hopefully <laughs> no one, uh, hopefully everybody listens, and uh, we can keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. But also at the top of this list, Chris, uh, Google was actually number one in 2014's report. Wait, Google was? Google was. And where are they on this one? They're at number two. Number two. Okay. And so why that is so interesting. So Apple and Google, were they just swapped in last yeah, year's report? Ba- basically, they were swapped. Mm-hmm. And why that is so interesting to me is uh, just kind of the margin in which they swapped by. Apple's brand value actually skyrocketed 67 percent wow to 247 billion dollars billion with a b wait this is this is from last year to this year right so that they did a 67 percent increase from last year to this year yes what did they do that last this past year i mean they launched the iphone they've had ipod iphone, 6, or sure. iPhone sales ipad sales mac sales just launched the Apple Watch. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, Google, the company that they kind of overtook, they saw a 9% increase. Not bad. But Still now growing. their brand value is $174 billion. So the difference between Apple and Google is now $73 million. Oh, that's Bil- it. Or billion, oh, I bill- Okay, okay, no, it is $73 billion. Jeez, Apple, what a juggernaut. I mean, to go from one year to the next in leap by that much money, almost as much money as Marlboro's worth, mm-hmm. is insane. Mm. That is insane. Because I didn't really think they did too much. You know, they just, I guess they're just, their trajectory is just so quick, just so up, just so exponential. Yeah. And you know what? A lot I mean, of Google's people, doing what it's doing, and it's just, you know. I mean, a lot of people hate so on Apple. Uh, because sure. they kind of, you know, rip off ideas from other companies, kind of spin them around, make them better, and put it in their own products. Right. You know, Apple's never, you know, they're innovative. They're an innovative company, but they're not really making groundbreaking products anymore. Well, sure. I mean, the iPhone was a pretty groundbreaking, and even the iPad. You got to give it to them on the iPad. I mean, no right. one wanted, no one thought that the iPad was going to be a thing, and now, you know. I use it every day. Um, now, now the watch space. I mean, they're a little late to the watch game, but from everything I've seen, and you have one, I mean, it's pretty great. So yeah, but I mean, you know, they didn't invent the smartwatch. No, they didn't invent the smartwatch. And they you know, didn't even really invent the tablet. Right. They didn't invent the tablet. They they didn't invent the iPod, the MP3 player. No. They didn't, you know, take any of these ideas and make it revolutionary. But they made Except it maybe the phone. But I think they made it so much better. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know, if you actually think about it, you know, the technology in some of these new Galaxy phones is actually way better, right. than it is in an iPhone. But the user experience on the on the Apple, I just I don't know, I can't, right. I can't beat. So I mean, Apple is obviously, you know, just because they you know take that idea. Um, their marketing's really good too. I mean, they give you the you know the nice music behind the the really nice ads. Everybody's taking photos. Everybody's using their phones. Everybody's using their watches. I mean, they're they're doing pretty good. 
Yeah, you know, just because they rip off the idea, um, I, don't, I don't really care because they make it so much better. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that's basically the premise of marketing. You know, people in marketing aren't going to sit here and reinvent the wheel. Um, I, I guarantee, you know, 90% of campaigns that people come up with have already been done. Sure. But they've just been built upon, improved, and, and made a little bit better. So anybody else on this list you, that you find interesting? Uh, you know, AT&T and Verizon, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of an interesting uh, duo up in the, you know, number six and seven, respectively, uh, just because of the rise of the mobile phone. Oh, yeah. Um, and really kind of people dependent on having more and more data, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember when these couple companies uh, offered unlimited data, but then... Sprint still does. I'm well, Sprint right. still does, um, but, you know, but now they kind of cap it. Right, just because they can make so much more money if they charge the people, people go over, yeah, for sure. Uh, anybody you saw on the list that you liked? Um, you know, I guess what? Let's let's see. Microsoft. You know, I mean, they're always going to be there. I wonder they probably were on number one for a while before for Apple and Google. Let's see here. Yeah, I didn't go too far back, so I'm not sure kind of what Microsoft's history on the list is. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. I guess I wonder. I don't see any like retailers on this list, which is interesting. I don't see. I don't see the WalMarts, the Targets of the world, but maybe that's not what this list is. It's not necessarily a brand. You know, I didn't a... look at all 100 uh-huh. uh, companies, but sure. I'm sure Walmart, Target, yeah. are probably on there uh-huh. at some point. But I I, th- I think this really kind of goes to show that um, tech companies are really kind of dominating. Mm-hmm. I mean, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and IBM are the top four companies. Sure. So uh, and you could argue AT and T, Verizon are a tech company as well. Yeah, I mean they're more communications than anything. Sure. Um, but it's you know, it's astounding to see that you know companies like Apple, like Google, are just worth so much money. Right. There's no Nike on there or Reebok, you know, on the top ten. Right. There's just tech companies. For sure. You know, Coca-Cola and McDonald's, which have been around forever. Yep. So that's that kind of wraps up the ten most valuable brands. And that really kind of wraps up our our first episode as a whole. Cool. So, you know, just a a final couple closing thoughts that I had is that, you know, I'm just so excited to start doing this podcast. Yeah, this is fun. I get to learn some stuff, get to hang out. And I get to kind of share more of these insights, more of the knowledge, more of the things that I find on really a daily, weekly basis. You know, it's easier to communicate this way because, you know, you know, reading, you know, you got to write a whole blog and then everybody's got to read it. But now we can just talk. Yeah, I mean, I still write a blog with this. Oh, okay. Uh, just because of the <laughs> sure. SEO value right, that it yeah. provides well, me. Definitely. Um, yeah. But, you know, because you always have to be wary about your SEO. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is this is going to be a great podcast series. Um, yeah, we should do this, what, weekly? We're doing this weekly? Yeah, we're going to do this every week. Okay. Uh, do we prob- have a date? It's probably going to come out Thursdays or Fridays. Thursdays or Fridays, okay. Uh, just kind of depending on the work schedule here. Yeah. But uh, really, you know, please... Let's aim for Thursday of next week. Yeah, we'll probably aim for Thursday. Okay, that sounds good. But At least if, at the end of the day on Thursday. Yeah, that, w- that way you guys have a consistent schedule you can follow. Sure. Uh, but, you know, always feel free to kind of reach out to myself or Chris... Uh, if you have thoughts or questions or, you know, any kind of topics that you want to cover in future editions, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be happy to kind of do a little research, explore it, 
and uh, give you a little bit more insight about how you can uh, use use these things better. You know, if you want to be a guest, we could get some guests on the show. That'd be kind of yeah. Fun. I'd love to have a, love to have some guests on here. Yeah. So you know, anything you're interested in, uh, just head over to cowleyweb.com. That's c o w l e y w e b dot com, and uh, check out our blog section. Uh, look this article up. Just search Smarket Sites. And uh, you'll be able to find this, comment, and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, and we'll try to get this stuff uh, going on in iTunes and uh, in, all, in Stitcher and everything like that. We'll try to get this uh, out. But, you know, we're just trying to get this inaugural episode up, see if uh, see what you guys think, see how it goes. And, uh, and yeah, so thanks, Zach. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until uh, next week. Bye-bye.